0: or good morning or good afternoon i don't know when you're listening to this. oh my gosh my is, <laughs> thank you for lift thank you for listening to the to the thanks arena for, podcast thanks for,
1: you are doing great I'm doing right really now well. we're on to the races uh
2: my name
0: is el i'm one of your hosts
1: oh,
2: wow. i'm Douglas. i'm also one of your
1: hosts <laughs> i'm another one of your hosts victor
3: and i'm Ashley.
0: And I nailed it for smoothest open <laughs> ever. Yeah, I
1: think that was the banter. <laughs> we just started. But, but, with it. but the reason is, is,
2: is Euremas has been away. And I want to know, in fact, you've been away and back in the And then short, away again. And yeah, in the back. short time that. I even knew that you went away at all. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 there's a lag. I'm just here. Super He's just popular. used to you being gone, gone so right. he doesn't even I, notice. I'm just thrilled you here again. I'm just super popular. So we are
1: too. I don't hard. know about that, That's but right. we do miss you.
0: So, so, well, when go you go leave go. your <laughs> number all over, cool. oh never mind. So it's all over the stalls. It's all over the stalls and stalls all over the public bathrooms. So back. you yeah. just <laughs> got back. We just got back from Nashville. Yes, I went there for a week again to. Pursue opportunities over there, work opportunities, and I got the—I got to write a song with a Grammy winner. And you can't mention that, who that is. Yeah, oh, uh, his okay. name is Marcus Marcus Human Human. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. You're doing Heumann great. One, uh, I'm doing. I am, I'm on You're, selling You're selling it. You're selling single. <laughs> you are O for O. <laughs> um, yeah. Very I wrote a, cool. I wrote a song with him and my friend Chris Christopher Roberts, who's also a recording artist. Who, because of him, I actually recorded something that was released by sony publishing while i was doing the show there for seven weeks i don't know if i told you guys this no i recorded (laughs) because it's kind of embarrassing i recorded a bluegrass version of despacito that was released by sony publishing that is on itunes and recently got put on pandora so they told me they're like you'll be getting a check and i was like i'm sorry what (laughs) For this ridiculous recording I did of a bluegrass version.
1: Oh my goodness! Why didn't you tell us before we started? I would have opened the show with that. Oh my gosh! (laughs)
2: That would be great. We we can still bump it. We will still. I'm gonna bump it. We did it post editing. I
0: don't know. Yes. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Emotionally or psychologically.
1: That is hysterical. We know the producers. (laughs) We know the producers. (laughs) (laughs) Like Aaliyah, we need this to begin the show for this
0: Uh, week. Just excellent. Oh that's great. Well, you're
2: going to get a check? But well, since you don't like it, you can give the check
0: to me. Yeah, I don't like I hate <laughs> money, So I'm yeah. just yeah. going to, like, if anybody wants it out there, I'll just say. write us into the arena pod. <laughs> Careful. Careful. You, know yeah. <laughs> you, you <laughs> might actually right get right. <laughs> I it.
1: think yeah. he was serious. Nah, I, I don't
0: know. Was, um, well, that's really <laughs>
1: cool. So you yeah. went out there for a week. And what what did you do there for a week?
0: Um, I met with an agency. I met with a bunch of different people. Actually, I Actually, connected with um, – I went to this event called Faith in Film. Mm. And I connected with a bunch of, like, the people who created War Room – and uh, and a bunch of different other uh, faith-based film, yeah, yeah, and a, a bunch of different faith-based films and stuff that. Um,
1: That's very cool. Yeah, I
0: got to, I, and I got, I met some people, got some numbers, and just went to see what. You'll be happened. passing
1: them on to me, right? Of course, and Nestle. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> that was the plan all along. Well, I feel you like Douglas
1: will him. get a role before any of us? <laughs> Douglas is famous, you guys. He is so famous. Well, that is. Did you have something else you wanted to ask him?
0: No, I, I'm just, I. there's so much about him that I don't know, I love it. <laughs> I, was, I, I was catching him up on many of my past lives. He's like, I didn't know you were a songwriter. I was like, well, I've done many things in my old age. Yeah, I just thought it was the parts that we couldn't talk about on the air. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of things that I probably shouldn't mention on this Christian podcast, but I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> no, I'm, well, and, and what, what's <laughs> nice, what I love about it is I've gotten to know him and appreciate him without any of that, yeah. Can see without any of that baggage, without any of that. So I, I don't <laughs> see. He calls it baggage. Yeah. Call it, I don't see him through <laughs> any other thing other than, like I said, you're just a putz to me. So. Um, which is true. Which is still accurate. I yeah, know yeah. Accurate, but I love that. I just, I just think that it is. Very, very nice.
1: It is nice. It's I nice. mean, I'm like an onion. I'm like a two-time Grammy Award singing, you know, yeah. artist, and none of you know that. So, and I don't really flaunt that at all. So, I mean, you, don't. <laughs> you know, yeah, I I'm like sure to keep the, I'm it humble. Sure, all of our listeners listeners know that. I'm sure, they're your <laughs> biggest fans. It is. I no. think I'm, just yeah. Let's just say the checks of, uh, you know, they haven't stopped <laughs> <laughs> coming in. Must be rough. Must be hard. <laughs> so hard. Um. Anyways, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why I have yeah. I share a room with four other people. So
2: uh, um, are we done with the banter part? Cause <laughs> I feel like we are. so great segue. So it's nice to have Uranus back. Yeah. Because I thought he was gone. I'm, I'm thrilled. But we
0: also have a, a guest. special guest. Yes, and we guest. do. We I didn't hear this, but there's somebody <laughs> chiming
1: in. There is someone chiming in, and uh, we all, of course, know him and we love him, and he's very dear to us. And um, it's our good friend, Jake Voss. Jake Voss, shout out. You there? Hey, guys.
0: <laughs> via, via Skype, obviously. Yes.
1: Yes, you are via Skype. And. Um, just a little background, I I met Jake, I think we all met Jake except Douglas, uh, probably a little bit before us, um, about a year ago, uh, right around the time when we started uh, the house meetings with the arena, and Jake came to find mm-hmm. out through Jack. our church, um, yeah, and through another mutual contact, another mutual friend about the group, and so um, Jake was uh, able to come a few times, and every time he did, he just brought so much with him. I mean, he would, you, you would just open up your mouth, Jake, and everyone was just like, <laughs> like jaw drop, like, what, wait, what? And then we just like you said, with, with EL now, there's just so much about you in your past. I don't know. Well, obviously that would be the case with me and Jake. So he would say things or share things about what God has done in his life. And I'd just be like floored, like wait, what? And it is an amazing story. And that's, that's why I brought him ...on the show today. I asked him, I said, you have such a wonderful testimony. In this last year, I know he has grown in the things of God and the knowledge of God and just who he is as well as a person being connected to God um, that I just... Well, in a way, it's kind of catch-up, <laughs> playing a little bit of catch-up. Um, but we've definitely talked since, uh, you know, in, in, in this interim. So I'm just very happy to have oh, in you in, in the show. Let's see what I new sl- word I'll come up with today. Oh, God. <laughs> <The> <laughs> syllable, yeah. Very um, so <laughs> we're very happy, and we're very excited to have you on the show, Jake. And um, so we just welcome you. Just little quiet golf clap. Yay, quiet golf clap. Essie, clap. There you go. Okay. Um, so, Jake, we're going to turn the floor over to you, and... Uh, You know, just as you feel, share from your story and how you came to the point where you are now and and knowing Christ and knowing Jesus and all of that. Share with us.
4: You have the floor, Jake. Well, it is such a pleasure to be back with you guys. It has been quite the year since I left L.A. and moved up here to painful Humboldt County to go to uh battle school of supernatural discipleship to follow Jesus even deeper into what he has been doing. Um, wow. The
0: story of me. Um, it <laughs> um, from the very
1: beginning. Okay. Enough with that. <laughs> Sorry. <help> it. Sorry. <laughs> he might do that from
3: um, time to time. So day. I grew up, um, I was born and raised about 45 miles northwest of
4: Chicago, grew up in a Christian family, Grew up Lutheran um, in a very in a strict Christian household. Um, Was not the typical like guys guys guy kid. I was not like let's play sports and like play like cowboys and Indians. I was like oh let's do theater and (laughs) um, and sing and do art and like I was the kid that you could give like a stick and a piece of twine twine to and like you wouldn't see me all day because I would be like (laughs) playing imagination in the backyard (laughs) all day and like that was who I was as a kid like I was just a super creative kid who had no idea like anything of the world of sports like my dad tried to like have me play every sport under the sun trying to figure out like there's just got to be one this kid can do and no, just wasn't, that wasn't my thing. Um, <laughs> he wasn't but blessed I always knew life. like there was something different. Like I always knew something was different about me. Um, and it was one of those things that like, it, like I knew my dad could like sense it and like, he just had no grid for me. And that's just kind of, that's kind of actually been kind of a common theme throughout my life is like, there just hasn't been a grid for for me throughout for with people throughout my life just because i don't really fit into a box um so my dad was very like my dad was just very for a lack of a better term physically violent mm-hmm. as a parent and um i because i was the oddball between my older brother and i i got the brunt of that um and i grew up with um sexual abuse and things within the family. Um, that wasn't really something that um, we talked about as a family um, even till recently because it just wasn't something that they wanted to admit had happened. Um, mm. Nobody does. But, uh, hmm.
1: so when I was 17, my dad found me in a hotel with another man. Shocker. Um, <laughs> that, but, what? That sounds like a show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right It uh, yeah, sounds like a good episode I in the story of your life through to to the hotel lobby by my hair um,
4: which was not the have a fun Saturday afternoon but that was what it was and within a month my parents had me in conversion therapy being. Um, and that was back in the days when they still did electroshock therapy and ice baths and all the torturous things that the Christian community could could give to burn the gay out. Um, didn't really go, went through conversion therapy and, um, electroshock therapy and ice baths are not a thing I would ever recommend for anybody. Um, but the
0: (laughs) Christian community, yeah. Electroshock therapy and
4: ice baths, they tried to, that's what the Christian community thought was needed to make homosexuals heterosexual back in the day, Um, and it was either that or be homeless, and I had no skills to live
1: on my own, so I went with that one. Um, Homeless, you mean, you went with being homeless?
0: I went with... No, no he went with he a strong
2: therapy. Conversion
4: therapy. Conversion therapy. Oh,
1: okay. And Just want to clarify.
2: Was, were you inpatient? I mean, yeah, you were sent away from your house? Is that sort of thing?
4: Um, did a period of inpatient and then was outpatient for about nine months. Wow. Um, and that process was really weird. Um, having to go through all of your music and like having to get through... Took, Go through your music and having them get rid of every artist but, like, Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman. And, like, I didn't cr- know that the Eagles and Heart and, like, Bon Jovi were gay, but apparently they are. <laughs> um, but, like,
1: but wait, Michael W. Smith like, and, and uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, those are, like, staple Christian artists. Why would you have to get rid of them?
2: No, you had to get rid those of everyone. Those were ones yeah. I was left with.
1: Oh, oh, understand. I was okay. I was, was just like super Christian. This
4: this is what you have. This is your world. So I began living this dual life of like um the Christian boy by day and then and by night I started go go dancing and wow. working in gay nightclubs and just trying to like live this life to make my parents happy but Also, trying to find my own footing,
2: to find myself. Um, How angry? When I was 19, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. How angry were you by this time, Jake? Go ahead. By the time you started a dual life. How angry were you by this time?
4: I was very angry. I was very angry because I, like, my family had completely rejected me. Okay. And... Like they were not Like nobody talked about it.
2: Mm. Like my sexuality,
4: sexuality to this day is not something we really talk about.
2: Well, yeah, it's,
4: like the secret that we sweep under the rug.
2: Right. See, I was curious how you could hide um, a nightlife like that, and partly because they didn't want anything to do with you, you were just um, separate, kind of. In other words
1: yeah he lived a dual life but,
2: but but i mean that's that's pretty wild, but he was he able to hide it hide because that. they didn't want to see him. he didn't want to they, yeah they didn't want to see him and so in some ways that sounds like it almost gave him a little bit of freedom you know in a perverse way, but you know what I'm saying it's yeah just like just so he could survive
0: hmm.
4: and I mean that's exactly what it was it was this I had to create a world that I could survive in right and um, so when my mom got diagnosed with cancer, one of her wishes for me was that I would go to Bible college and, um, cause when I was born, my great grandmother told my mom that I had this great calling on my life from God mm. and, um, that I was, and that I was special hmm. and my mom didn't want to see me waste that. So I went to Bible college and started studying music ministry, and my hope when I went, I went to Bible College in Texas, and my hope was that, like, my dad could leave the, like, whole, he's ex-gay, and, like, all of that stuff could stay in Illinois, and I could just be, like, a normal person (laughs) at college, and within the first hour and a half of us arriving, my parents and I arriving at the college... My dad found, like, the Dean of Ethical Conduct and, like, had a full-on conversation about how I was ex-gay and he needed to keep an eye on me and keep me in line. And, oh, wow. Like, within the first month of school, I was
1: re-enrolled in conversion therapy. Oh, no. Style in
4: Texas. Mm, Jesus And, like, I just couldn't escape it.
1: Um, and what was going through your mind, Jake, at that time when you when you saw or found out that your dad was talking to the dean, and then you were kind of shipped off again at, at different intervals of time to this conversion therapy? What what were you thinking? How were you feeling about all that?
4: So betrayed because it was just like, why can't I be my own person? Mm. Um, because so.
2: Did you have back a back in
4: time? Would you say in you had the a year of high school? Um, my dad had this rule that we all had. If we had to play football in high school, and wow. I didn't want to play, so during practice one day I stuck my toe in the my foot in the a hole in the practice field and twisted my foot and broke my own toe so that I wouldn't have to play football.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> and then, you really did not want to play sport. <laughs> I was like, this
4: isn't me. I'm not doing this. But then I proceeded to become one of the dance captains of the fall musical and danced on a broken foot. Because I didn't—I ca- was like, this is what I want to do. Why can't you just let me do me? Mm.
0: Um,
2: so Jake, at this time, and particularly right up through uh, co- uh, Bible college, I guess, um, mm-hmm. would you say you had Oh, oh, how would you describe, because you came from a religious family, how would you describe your relationship with Christ at that time? Mm-hmm. Non existent. Okay.
4: Um, the God remember. I grew up with was um, hellfire and brimstone. Yep. Right. Um, I went to the private Christian, co- pri- pri- private Christian school of the church I grew up in, um, and one of the chapel services that we attended I was the only Jacob in the school at the time and the pastor preached a sermon on the meaning of the name Jacob which in the Bible it says it means liar, deceiver, supplanter, and heal what? and he didn't finish preaching about how God changed the name Jacob's name to Israel he just preached on all the bad stuff that Jacob was so yeah. I had, I had this, all this stuff, like, just labeled on top of me my whole life, and, I mean, I grew up with people calling me fag and queer and all this, like, tape horrible stuff my whole life, so I just knew Christians and God to be this, like, horrible, punishing person, mm. and these people that wanted nothing to do with me other than to hate me, and, um... When the church found out that my dad found me in a hotel, um, the Lutheran Church—I um, don't know if they still do this—but back in those days, they excommunicated people from the Lutheran Church,
0: mm-hmm. um,
4: and I was one of those people who got excommunicated for living a homosexual lifestyle. Hmm.
2: So, what what kept you around? Why didn't you just, at nineteen, or or when when your dad betrayed you at? Bible college, what kept you just from, you kept saying, why can't they leave me alone? Why, why can't they let me just live my life? Why didn't you just slide off to who knows where, you know, even LA, and just say, um, I, I know that there must be something more out there. What kept you around?
4: For me, it was my mom. Um, my mom had this beautiful relationship with the Lord that was unlike anything else that I had witnessed around me. Hmm. And she loved so well, and I never, I didn't want to disappoint her, and I didn't want to let her down. So, um, yeah. after she, my mom died,
1: when I was twenty-one. So where, where was she during that time then, when all of this was happening? Because you say she had a wonderful relationship with the Lord, but was she complicit in everything that was going on up to this point? To an extent,
4: uh, um. We were all kind of afraid of my dad and his temper.
1: Mm. So we all just kind of went along with my dad. Um, right. and, but she would also at the same time go behind his
4: back and pay for voice lessons and piano lessons mm. and um, acting stuff and things like that for me. So she... My mom was this amazing woman who had... Went, in one breath would be like listen to your father and then on the other hand she'd go out and pay for voice lessons and piano lessons and do all and support me in the arts. So it was this I lived in this like world that just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> because I like I never knew which way was up and I never knew like what was gonna if I was gonna get like blessed or if I was gonna like have to deal with like
1: fire and brimstone. So you were constantly so, in a state of fear, traumatized. Always. Absolutely. So bring Absolutely. us up to speed then as far as how you ended up coming into a relationship with God that you could call your own. So I walked um, after my mom died,
4: I walked away from the church for well over probably a, about a decade. Um It'll actually be um, so. Three years ago today, actually, I was listening to a podcast by um, a friend of all of ours, Hank Fortner. Um, he he was pre- I had found this podcast called uh, um, Tribe um, Tribe slash Trust, and it was talking about when we decide to go from being a person to being a people, and how God plays into that. And I had been on this journey of trying to get my life back together because I had torched it so many times behind drugs and alcohol and sex and just all this stuff trying to fill the void of just emptiness and brokenness and pain after having left my entire family behind and moving multiple times all over the country from Texas to Florida to Illinois to Florida and then California finally. and. I listened to that message and there was something about it that spoke to me about the love of God and I realized there was something in it that I wanted and there was this God that I had never heard about so hmm. I listened to that message and that Sunday was the first time I walked into a church in over a decade Wow was that Mosaic? So that was Mosaic in LA and that Sunday, I gave my life to Christ and started my own relationship with Christ. And that was, that, uh, that was. Whoops. And that was what? Can you repeat that? We lost you. That was three years ago. Uh Uh-huh. That three years ago that I started my relationship with Christ. Three years ago this week.
0: This week. Wow. Wow. Happy anniversary, darling.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean it's crazy that a podcast on this day started my journey with God and today I'm doing this. Like it blows my
0: mind. Who knows who knows whose journey you're helping to start right now? Yeah.
1: And that's something that I wanted to ask you about. And now that you in these last three years have had your own relationship with Christ, what are the differences in your life that you have seen? Um, in respects to whatever it was before. Not just, like, the full-on, like, go-go dancing and drugs and alcohol, but just the difference of how you perceived Christ and God in general through the filter of your family life and your actual personal relationship coming to know Christ. I would say one of the biggest differences is getting
4: to see, like... Excuse me. Learning to see that God is in a good mood. like, <laughs> Like... God's in a good mood. He's not sitting on, like, the throne waiting to throw lightning bolts at me every time I, like, step a half an inch out of line. Like, mm. he's in a good mood. He's not mad at me all the time. And, like, like I, like, my relationship with Holy Spirit is so, like, Holy Spirit sasses me, so like, so often that, like, I, like, he's so sassy like Holy Spirit's so sassy with me yes, ah holy
0: Spirit yeah I
4: love it I absolutely love how how like sassy Holy Spirit can be with me because he knows like that's how I'm gonna hear it like there are moments when holy Spirit knows like I'm just gonna have to be sassy and he's gonna hear it uh,
0: <laughs> he'll get he'll pick he up like, on the sass. <laughs> and,
1: in other words he knows how to talk to you is what you're saying <laughs> absolutely like and I think the biggest thing that I'
4: is like i've taken all of the like kind of identifiers off of my life like i've taken off like gay straight bi trans um makeup artist fashion designer producer director like i've taken all, all of that okay stuff now off you're just
0: showing life. off <laughs> and even though i'm like still doing all of that
4: i've taken it all all of that off my life And the only title that matters to me anymore is that I'm a son. Like, I'm a son of God, and that's all that, like, that's the first and foremost
0: thing that's most important to me. Mm. And
4: having become, like, firmly rooted in that, like, everything else, like, doesn't matter. Like, if I can be in right, like, have that set well for me, everything else is great. Because it keeps me in right. relationship with the father
2: Mm.
4: and like i think one of the most amazing experiences i had last year when i came to the ssd here in eureka was we were within it was like the first week of school i had no idea what i was getting into like (laughs) mosaic isn't a very like prophetic culture it's not something they do
1: it's like they're not like against it it's just not they're not very Yeah, it's not they're the culture.
2: Yeah, they have a, a, a it's just not their culture. Yeah, they have mostly a so Baptist. Came background. Here. Go ahead, Bob. They have mostly have a Baptist uh, yeah. background is where it kind of came from. So you're right. They're not yeah. very, they would not have very much charismatic roots that way.
4: Exactly. So I came here and it's like charismatic and somewhat pentecostal and I was mm-hmm. just like, What did I just walk into? <laughs> I don't understand. And started to realize, oh no, I like do operate in some of these giftings. And within the first three days, God had just completely wrecked me in the best way possible. And it was the third day of school, and two of the leaders had prayed over us for people who had experienced sexual abuse, sexual assault. Mm and things like that, to have healing and stuff, and for God to start moving in those areas in our lives. And I was just an, I was just a soupy mess of tears on the floor in the sanctuary. And at the end of the day, I got up, and I was in the parking lot, and I had this beanie that I used to wear when I lived in L.A., and it was black and in pink letters it said, Bye, girl. And <laughs> the Holy Spirit said to me, Get that out of your backpack, and I got it out. And God said, I want you to give it to Scott and Lacey who were my leaders. And I was like, why? And he said, I want you to give that to them as a prophetic act of surrendering your sexuality to me and, and giving it all to me. And I was terrified because I had no idea what that meant. So I like rolled it up so that you, you couldn't read what was on it. And I walked over to them and, they, and I was apologetic and was like, I know you're trying to leave but God asked me to give this to you as an act of fully surrendering this area of my life. And Scott started talking and Lacey just kind of held out her hands like, he's gonna talk, just give it to me, listen to him. And I was listening to him and I saw her start to unroll it and I like hit panic mode, because I was like, no. And I saw her read it and she just started beaming with joy. And it wasn't this like joy of like, ha ha, we got you. But it was like this joy of like, love of like a mother who was like proud and it wasn't something I was used to seeing. And she just kind of like touched Scott on the arm and he looked and he just like wrapped his arm around me in like this like hug and he just kept saying he was proud of me. And I couldn't look him in the eye. And like, that really, it was, like, in that moment that I realized, like, this is what love looks like. Like, looking back at it, I can see, like, this is what love looks like. This is what family looks like. This is what the love of the Father looks like. Like, he was so proud of me in that moment for just, like, being willing to just, like, surrender the thing that I was most afraid to give up. And it wasn't, like, me being, like, make me straight. It was just, like, like, take this and use it as you will, God and being willing to just be like here take me like take all of me like no more like i'm holding nothing back anymore and it's been amazing to like sit like just sit and be used by god and let him do what he wants to do and like i know it's one of those things where i'm like i'm not worried about my sexual attractions i like I'm not for them, against them. Like it's just like, I'm just for God. Like whatever God wants to do, I'm there, and I like, I'm not gonna try to make anything something it's not. I just want to do what God's doing, and that's I think my favorite thing that I'm doing right now.
1: So you would say that ultimately you've come to a place where your your heart, your your life, has been so transformed and touched by coming in contact with the love of God, that things that mattered to you before are kind of taking a back seat because you're just so concentrated and focused on God. And that's what you mean when you say you're not for or against. It's kind of a neutral place for you because what takes what takes precedence over everything is is your relationship with God. Absolutely, absolutely.
4: Um, that like, I'm more concerned with what is God doing, and less concerned with what do I want. I'm, I just want to be able to do what He's doing.
0: I have a question and for you.
4: That's the most important thing for
0: me. I, I have a question for you. In your journey, but, and in your, and in your, in your spiritual path that you're on over there, do you feel like, you know, after after surrendering this identity? Um, and this, this thing that was the, this anchor in your life, do you feel like God has asked you, or do you feel like God is moving you towards change, changing that? Or is he just moving away from the significance of that? What, I, do, you, what do you think I, is being done within you right now?
4: So, um, one of the things that God asked me to do, actually before I moved up here, was to be celibate. And that's kind of one of those life things that he's asked of me. Mm -hmm. and it's something that I'm willing to do because I want to be able to be full use to him and if I'm more focused on what I want sexually I can't focus on what he's doing in my life and that's not something I think like everyone needs to do that's just
2: something that he's doing in my life Mm -hmm. Um, as far as sexual
4: attractions being changed and all of that I'm not concerned about it, like, he, like, if God wants to change it, that's, that's God, that's on God, but I, it's not one of those things that I'm sitting there every day praying, God change my sexual attractions, it's not even on my radar, honestly, like, I'm happy and content being who I am, and, and like, if my attractions never changed, I would be the happiest person on earth, because I'm happy being who I am. Like I've
2: had these attractions for as long as I've I can remember. And and just and, just for clarification for our listeners, when you say celibate, you mean chaste. Celibate means to remain single for a cause, which you may be also saying, but chaste means to be um sexually, sexually, inactive. sexually inactive. So are you saying both both chaste and celibate or just celibate or just chaste? Just <laughs> Disorder. Can you clarify? Are you dating
1: anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Give us the scoop. <laughs> um,
4: I'm saying both chaste and celebrate. okay.
0: Okay.
2: People assume one means the other, and they don't. So, um, uh, I just want to make sure our listeners understand where you're coming from.
1: And as you said, and I like I, I like that you you know um, establish that for yourself that it's something that you feel God has spoken to you for your life, and that this isn't now something you necessarily go around preaching to everybody and saying this is normative for them, and I think it's important simply because that tells that tells me, I don't know anybody else in the room, but that tells me that God is a very personal God, and he He's going to speak to you regarding your life and and what has transpired in your life up to this point um, differently than He'll speak to any one of us, um, and we might find commonalities in regards to things that he's, He said, like, oh, really? He told me that, too um but i think that's really important also for our listeners to to know that, that 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 it really comes down to this intimacy and this this personal relationship that anybody can have with jesus with as you've been telling us you have now um and as we're kind of closing up and i'm sure there's so much more you could share and it oh would be God. wonderful um but just for sake of time what would be what would you say to anyone who's listening that goes, Oh, oh my God, like I literally share the same kind of a story, um, maybe not coming to know Christ as you have at this point, but definitely everything up to this point. They the conversion therapy, the the hostile home in the name of God, um all of that. What would you say to somebody who says, I can relate to what Jake is talking about?
4: I would say Find your people. I think that's been the most important thing in my life is finding my people and finding my tribe. Mm. Um, and fi- just finding safe people. Um, family are, is not just the people that you are blood related to, but family are the people that come around you and support you and lift you up. And sometimes you have to create a family of your own choice and walk with them for a while until your family can be in a place that's healthy enough to walk with you and i've been blessed that i have a family of choice that get i get to walk with that is kind of all across the country and you guys are part of that and i would say find people that are safe if that you can walk with even if it's just one or two people find those safe people and um find an outlet for yourself that kind of helps you de-pressure, depressurize all of the insanity that's around you that is a healthy way for you to just kind of decompress because that is going to be very cathartic and just give you a little bit of peace along the way.
2: And and do you feel that you found your tribe up in...
1: in uh Eureka? Eureka? Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I have an amazing
4: group of people that I'm strong with. Um, Scott and Lacey uh, have definitely become family along with their kids. Um, Surrounded with some amazing friends from school. Uh, The leaders of my class this year are like this Humboldt here in Humboldt County and Eureka have become home and as much as I never thought I would move to a place that is the mountains and the forest and woodsy, I love it here. And I have a tribe here that I call family. And I think if I tried to leave, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> because they're family and they love me and they want to see what's best. They want to see me do the best I can in life. And they support and love me. And I think that's amazing.
1: And Jake, and would you say that? And would you say that by, uh, you know, up, being up there and whatnot, and, and that's that's beautiful. I'm so happy that, and so glad that you have that tribe and that family. Um, would would you say that they or anyone else still makes your attraction to men uh, or whatever your attractions might be um, an issue? Absolutely not. Um, um they, I actually just had a conversation with one of my leaders about this the other day
4: and they, they said to me, they're like, that's actually one of the things that I think about the least when I see you. Um, they said, I see the things that God is doing in your life that have nothing to do with that and the thing and the talents and the gifts that you have and how you use them to bless others. And they said, I often forget that you have that and that that's the thing that's going on in your life. And that Mm -hmm. was such a huge blessing to hear that. My attractions are such a small part of who I am. And I am blessed to be surrounded by people who call out the gold in my life and call out the amazing gifts and talents and encourage me to use the gifts and talents that I have in my life. And I think that's one of the blessings about being in a culture like this is that they see the whole person instead of just focusing on the attractions, which is kind of what happened when I was in, like my family and stuff. It was like, everything was about my attractions. And here it's like, yes, you have those attractions. We get it, but it's not all of who you are. You're a son first and foremost. And you have all these incredible talents and gifts. And we want to encourage you to embrace all of who you are, and I think that is one Mm -hmm. of the blessings about being in a culture like this. Would you
1: also say at all that um, that's easier for them to treat you that way because they don't see you necessarily acting on anything, and I don't just mean like randomly hooking up with people, but I mean like, you know, how anybody maybe they're at the school or you know, coming to the church and they introduce somebody as their girlfriend or whatever, so Since you've chosen and 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 verbalized that you're uh, celibate and chaste, does that help ease the the pressure of maybe how they would treat you? Is that even something that you've even considered? Um, I do not
4: think that that actually plays a part at all because we have people in our community, um, both in our church and in our school, who are still walking, who are still like in the process of figuring it all out. Um, who are either kind of like in the arena I mean, when we were in the house and we had people who were like, I have a boyfriend, I don't know what I'm doing, I have no idea, like, this is all new to me. Um, so we have people all across the spectrum and they love everyone equally and it's like, they don't look at it as, like, they don't make a, a, like a huge deal out of it they don't see the attraction as like the main part of who the person is they just see it as a part of who the person is and I've I've watched them repeatedly over and over again treat people who have come to church with their with their lesbian partner or their their husband or and their same-sex husband or wife and and they love them the same as they would love anyone else, and they treat them the same as they would treat anyone else. And I've watched them do it over and over and over again. And I can say one hundred percent that it's it's not something that is a like it's just who they are. They love them all. Mm. And That's
0: it's that, not that, something that they was kind do. of <clears throat> that was kind of the question that I wanted to ask. That's something
4: that they make an issue.
0: If there, if if you were to come up like, if you, like say next year you met this like amazing spiritual guy and you guys had an amazing connection that was spiritual and you're both attracted to each other, how how much would that? How much do you think that would rock the boat over there? How much do you think that would be an issue at all, if at all, over there in that environment? Oh,
4: fun fact. <laughs> also, fun <laughs> well, fact I love fun uh, facts. Actually, just walked through that a couple about a month and a half ago, um, and. Didn't work out with the person, but they were willing to walk through with me every day, and it wasn't like they were like they weren't like this is wrong, this is like bad. They were just like, I'm here with you. Like, how can I help you walk through this? How can I guide you? What do you need? Like,
1: I'm sorry, I think we missed something right there at the beginning. What this was something they were walking through were, something I, with
4: you and so I about a month and a half ago
1: met someone okay um
4: and, and I, like it, it kind of it rocked my
1: world more than it rocked theirs yeah i was gonna ask um, you that like f- forget rocking there but what about yeah, yours how, how are you because didn't you that? say that you 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 felt like god was saying for you to be celibate and chase so what yeah, what happened he, there he absolutely was so
0: when i met when i was super met cute that that's that what happened i, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody
4: supporting me through it in a way that was like
0: that's great like
4: they were more like it, they were more reminding me of the like words that God had spoken to me about like my calling on my life and not just like the calling of being celibate and chase, but like the callings God has called me for like my future and things like that and they were they were more encouraging me to like keep my eyes focused on what God's doing not become so overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I'm attracted to this guy. What am I going to do? And they just walked me through it and let me figure it out with instead of just being like, don't do that. They were like, how do we walk you through this in a way that is going to be loving and supporting without telling you what you have to do? Like, they're oh. very much like, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure it out.
2: So do you, so do you think if you... Ended up not being celibate, finding a guy, and got married. That they would accept you on staff there.
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. and I
1: Again, the mic drop question from Uh Because I've I've
2: I've run in I've run into Drunk that. Yeah, I've run into that where they say. You're free to be who you are, and God loves you, and we love you, and your family. You don't have to agree with us to be with us, but yet I specifically said, would a same-sex married man be able to come on your staff? And was told basically no. So that is, that uh, is a that, question I have asked. And that's not to undermine anything that's going on over there at all, but um, I would I would.
1: It's just a logical process, yeah, you know. For what? Yeah. The,
4: yeah. It's a logical process. And a question I've never asked them, and yeah. I it's not a question that I honestly would answer for them without honestly sure. ever having to have the discussion because I don't want to put words in their mouth negative right or positive.
2: Well, um, I, I, I'm but just it's
4: a question, I don't, I, yeah. I, I honestly, it's not
2: something that I the reason why I the reason I why refer- I bring it up is not so much the technicality of it, yeah. but from someone who's been. Um, celibate for his entire life. Um, He's referring
1: to himself. (laughs)
2: When you mentioned that you kind of... For 87 years, he's been celibate. Yeah, fell into (laughs) infatuation and and it rocked your world. Um, um, That's interesting. Um, So, the reason why I say that is there's a, a slight chance, I think, that you may not be called celibate for your lifetime. That's not for me to judge, but be, as you are right now, open to either way. He may be calling you to be celibate and chaste for a period of time, but um, uh, few of us are able to actually have a lifelong (laughs) view of that. So it would be awesome if you were. Um, I would count you among a very small band of brothers. Join join Dougie. Join (laughs) join Dougie in his celibacy. celibacy Well,
1: Jake like I said I'm sure there's so much more one thing that I'm definitely grateful for hearing your story is number 1 that you truly met God that you met Jesus and got to to find out who he is instead of um who other people say mm-hmm. he is um very grateful for that and it's obviously uh clear that it has made profound changes and transformations in your life um and uh, yet yeah, the second thing that I'm very grateful for is that you have found a tribe um, and that they, they allow, uh, regardless of whether or not, you know, Doug's question can be answered right now definitively, that's like a, a more long-term futuristic question, but at least right now, I'm grateful that you're in a space that is not abusive. I'm grateful that you're in a place where you are among... Christians, people that do profess faith in Christ and love him and know him, and that they are actually exemplifying what we constantly talk about on this podcast, which is the true personhood of Jesus Christ, which is love and grace and mercy. And it sounds like you are actually experiencing that. You started to hear in this community, and then you just took off with that one there, and I am very grateful and very glad to hear that you have that kind of a, a space um, to be able to continue growing in a healthy way with God. Um, any last thoughts or questions from takeaways. anybody on this side? Takeaways? This time for takeaways? Sure, we're, we do takeaways here, Jake. <laughs> and we'll, get, we'll, we'll come back to you. My takeaway
2: would be to... Um, that was mine, I guess. Yeah, and my takeaway would be never to... Um, or to always take the courage to seek god regardless of what your church family whoever have told mm-hmm. you what he's like mm-hmm. odds are it's a caricature but rather seek him he will answer he will show himself to you just like he did to jacob
1: and don't confuse celibacy with chastity yeah
0: second <laughs> sure. never the,
1: second, never the, the twain, twain will meet some some some
0: some do they do never never with me but yeah you know. I've heard that's a different podcast. Okay,
1: (laughs) we'll pray for your redemption later. Okay, go ahead. (laughs)
0: Um, I don't know. I think, I think what struck me the most about his story was the um, my initial reaction was like the hair stood on the back of my neck when he said, you know, hand over your sexual, your sexual, your sexuality, sexuality, sexual attraction, hand it over. And I was just like, mm, I, oh, that sounds like convert. That's not, you know, it just, it brought up all these like old wounds and stuff. But then I realized there was a lot of pain and a lot of healing that needed to happen around that. And it probably still needs to happen because he didn't even get to tell all of his story. Mm-hmm. I wish he could have gotten into the other aspects that I know about. Yeah. Which I think we could have a whole other <laughs> podcast. We'll probably
1: have you back, Jake.
0: With, with um, <laughs> But handing over that very scarred and twisted um, thing that separated him from, from his family and from God, yeah. handing that over is extremely powerful. And it doesn't mean hand it over so that I can change you. It Just means hand, hand it, it over so that I can heal you. Right? Yeah. So that I can heal those thorns and it's heal all those scars. And that's, and that's extremely powerful. And it goes mm-hmm. far beyond, you know, you, know you, can, you can be here as long as you change, as long as you're willing to change. He's like, no, you can be here as yeah. long as you're willing to heal. And as long as you're willing to grow yeah. it whatever, was for, it's like, for him. However, yeah. However that looks, which I think <coughs> is extremely powerful. And, uh, that's my, that's my, my biggest. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm talking. I'm sorry. Talk it's just me. a little <laughs> slide. <laughs> I went down <laughs> the wrong way. I'm it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very, very valid point. Um, and I guess that's powerful. Esley. I know. I guess my He's takeaway. Been
3: yeah, I guess my <laughs> takeaway would so anyway, be. Thank you so much for joining. us <laughs> That's my takeaway. <laughs> I guess my takeaway would be. Uh, just, it's so amazing that you were able to find finally, your tribe, someone that you can journey with in a safe space that the love seems unconditional and. That's what we kind of all need because no one in the face of this world is perfect. We all need the same amount of grace in different areas. Grace. Um, We don't need graves. We don't need need graves. So meaning that if someone's willing to journey with you and extend that unconditional love like, like Jesus is, I say that is the place where God is calling you to be. And to our listeners community that is willing to extend grace as they have received grace because that's what it's all about. It's about the journey. It's not about being perfect. So that's my takeaway. Or, <laughs> or just come to the arena.
1: Or just come to the arena. Uh, well, that brings us to our close. And, uh, Jake, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and just being so open and vulnerable with your journey and your story. Um We really rejoice with you and are just so grateful that you're in such a good, healthy place. It's a powerful testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, We love you, and we do hope that we'll be able to see you again soon. You know you always have a home and a tribe here in LA, and um, this is my shameless plug. So does anyone else who's listening who's in the LA area who is looking for a community, and um, you're just kind of like, where can I find this kind of a tribe? Um, What Jake's talking about, what we're talking about, is a group called The Arena, um, and we're fabulous. We are. And we meet at 4301 North Coenga Boulevard in Toluca Lake. Uh, that's in the North Hollywood area uh, here in California in the greater Los Angeles area. And uh, we meet at 730 on Tuesday nights. We would love to have you. If you have any questions or thoughts or uh, you know, topics you'd like for us to just, whatever the case is, email us. Uh, Doug, we're going to email us
2: at the arena
0: pod at gmail.com.
1: And EO where can they listen to us? Oh
0: crap. Um, <laughs> nope like s- not on that. Like 17 different. Okay, most most importantly, Reverie. 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 Yes. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, mm-hmm. we're on Snitchet, Stitchers. Stitchers. <laughs> <laughs> we're Snitchet. on Stitchers. Snitchers. Stitchers. And and,
1: Stitchers. and, one more. and SoundCloud. And Google Play. Uh, Google, Google, Play. Yeah, Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. Well, that is From all the time the Google machine. That's all the the time we have for you. Um, And Jake, would you just close this out and um, pray also for anyone that might be listening to this. And um, yeah, do us the honor. Absolutely.
4: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this amazing moment of family and community I just ask that you would bless us as we go out from this place, that you would mend hearts, and that you would bring community together. God, give each person that hears this a special blessing of peace, of joy, and comfort. Thank you for all that you've done in our lives and all that you will, will do. God, I ask that you would encounter each and every one of us in our own unique ways. You know how to. Thank you so much for all that
1: you have done all you will do. In Jesus'
3: name, amen. 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 Jake
0: signing off. <laughs> OEL signing off.
2: And this is Douglas.
3: And this is Ashley. And this is Victor.
1: Have a good week, everyone.
0: Bye bye. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.